Welcome in listeners to another fabulous episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We are honored to be joined today by producer Jim Kirstead, who you may know from various shows such as Hadestown and Sweeney Todd, but today is joining us to talk about an upcoming film of his, Summoning the Spirit which is being released later in September on several streaming platforms. And this sounds like an interesting and frightfully fun film. So with that, why don't we go and welcome Jim. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Hi, Andrew. Thank you so much for having me. It's so good to see you today. It's amazing to have you here. I'm so honored to have you. you. You are a producer behind so many iconic shows playing right now both on and then several shows in the past off broadway as well and now we've got this film that you you've brought to us called summoning the spirit that i'm very interested to hear more about could you tell us a little bit about this film absolutely yeah summoning the spirit is a film that we're working on with a fantastic director filmmaker named john garcia and john and a partner of his have written the script and it's all about a young couple who moves from the city because they want to get away from the crazy life of New York and they end up going to the woods, the deep woods. And they are in this out of the way place. And then they realize there's a cult down the road that's worshiping Bigfoot. They find this out through the story. And this is a Bigfoot story where, you know, there's two types of Bigfoot stories. One is that Bigfoot goes around tromping around and, you know, ripping people apart. And there's another one where Bigfoot is sort of the one who, presides over the forest and protects it and that's basically what this bigfoot does so it's all about that and when you know people do bad things to the forest bigfoot does bad things to them so pretty much this couple learns all about this cult and bigfoot and about each other and themselves through the course of this film so so we're super excited about it we filmed it in portland oregon on the end of last year it's had it's been super fast in post-production and we're working with our distributor dark star pictures and he's going to be releasing that come the early fall so we're, we're super looking forward to that happening now what a great story that you guys have in this and i want to know how did you come up with the idea for it yeah it's a great question well john garcia is a you know super talented guy he's done a lot of really great um films over the years and he wanted to do something that was an LGBT-oriented horror film. It's not an overly LGBT film, but it has elements in it because he likes to throw that kind of flavor into most of his projects. And it's, you know, it's the horror genre, which is really big. And it's something that he decided because he, he's, you know, kind of a spiritual person, likes the outdoors and is into Bigfoot and all the lore surrounding that. So he figured what better way to tell this story than to tell it from the eyes of this young couple who just wants to get away and have a peaceful life when they end up having nothing close to a peaceful life when they move there. One thing I love is that you mentioned how quick the post-production has gone. A lot of artists who come on here and they talk about, you know, how they put their show together and whatnot, the years it's taken to put it together. And of course, usually that's a theater show, but even in a film, it seems like it takes several years to put a big production together. And yet you filmed it last year, at the end of last year, and here it comes, you know, towards, I'll say the end of this year. What has it been like developing this film? 
Yeah, that's a great question. And you're, you bring up a really good point. A lot of times, a couple of things can go wrong for filmmakers. One of them is that the filmmaker doesn't raise the money that they need in order to finish the film. So it's, you know, it's, it's like sort of two separate processes, right? One is filming it and the other one is doing all the work after, which is easy to forget about. So some people don't realize how much it costs to actually get a finished product. So they've got just this raw footage sitting there for a long time while they're either raising the money or they're getting the people on board to do it. But what's good for me from the projects I've worked on in film is that the filmmakers that I've worked with actually do all of that work themselves. So for the most part, except for maybe some sound and color correction, which just goes to a specialty kind of a place, they can edit it, they can do all the filmmaking on their own. And because they're so committed to getting it done, because they are the filmmaker, they basically stay awake like 24 hours a day working on finishing it and then we can get a super fast time for it to be done so we actually just premiered at the Miami Film Festival so it's always helpful to have a little bit of a deadline at hand right because they knew they needed to get that done in time for the festival so he really just kind of put the put the pedal to the metal and, and got it done so now we just finally finished the sound correction the color correction 100% which was almost done for the festival, but it was a little bit on the rough side, but now it's all done and it's submitted to the distributor. So we'll be ready for this fall release date. So it's so that's been our method of doing it. And it really does help to ensure that the film actually gets completed. And because we have a distributor working with us from the beginning, we don't have to worry about finding somebody after the film's done. We've already got somebody who's kind of a partner with us on, on making those, those films. Now, that's interesting that you mentioned that your film was submitted to the Miami Film Festival. Are there any other festivals or any other viewings before the release in September that will be happening with it? Yeah, we're doing a number of submissions to various film festivals. We have a relationship with the Miami Film Festival because some of our partners live down there. And I actually have a business that I have in Miami where we do film and theater and whatnot. So we premiered another film last March in the Miami Film Festival as well. So after that, and that was received really nicely. So after that happened, we had an in with them basically, and we knew we had a deadline coming up. So we gave them a rough cut like way in the beginning and they accepted it right away. So so it was kind of, it was really nice to just be able to premiere a second film down there. But yeah, now we're going through the regular route of submitting to the other film festivals. And, I'm, and I believe we've been accepted to a number of them already. So, you know, there's, there's so many of them around the world. So hopefully we'll get some exposure um, in a bunch of those. Very cool. I know it's a horror film, but I'm still interested to know, is there a message or a thought that you're hoping audiences will leave the theater with? Yeah, I think there's a lot in the film about honesty and living an authentic life. And, you know, this cult really like makes this couple communicate better with each other because, you know, they're they're kind of stuck in this relationship that's fine, but there's a lot of, there's a lot going on beneath the surface of their relationship. And because of this cult, they sort of bring out a lot of deep-seated feelings they've been having and that they've never really expressed. So as a result of this involvement with these people down the road who they realize they want nothing to do with by the end of the film, they end up having a much stronger relationship as a result of it. So that's that's kind of what I like about it. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Finally, for the first part of this interview, who are you hoping has access to this film or maybe who's the intended audience? 
Well, you know, it's interesting. One of the reasons why we wanted to do it is there's a huge amount of horror fans in the world. And I'm one of them, actually. Like, I'm I'm the guy who will be like, you know, it'll be late at night and I'll say, oh, let me just find something to watch, you know, before I go to sleep or whatever. And I'll usually just hunt around on Netflix or Amazon or Hulu or something looking for a, for a horror movie. And, you know, some of them are really good and some of them are really bad, but I just enjoy them. I eat them up like candy. So I'm hoping that, you know, people will stumble across this film or you know hopefully if our advertising is is good and effective that people will go to it on purpose but i hope that when they find it they'll they'll enjoy it you know i hope it'll be one of the ones that they've they've enjoyed watching so so that's who i hope will watch and i hope all the horror fans out there will be excited by it and there's a big book bigfoot contingency out there too so so hopefully they gravitate toward it he's a very fascinating character please listen carefully up for the second part of the interview and give our audience a little bit more of an opportunity to get to know you a little bit better. And I want to start by asking you, what inspires you? What composers, playwrights, shows inspire you or some of your favorites? Just kind of all in all, even films, we'll even go that way since we are talking about a film. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll just tell you a few things. So I would say everybody was asking me what my favorite film is. And I always say Silence of the Lambs. So you can see that I'm a horror person from that, but also a psychological horror person. You know, it's like, that's a pretty deep psychological film. So I think that that, if I had to pick one film, probably that would be my favorite. Although I love, I love rom-coms also, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not, not beyond watching Clueless and Mean Girls and shows like that. But so, so that's as far as films, I would say. But as far as musicals and theater, which is really my first and foremost interest, um, mainly a theater guy, and then I kind of got into film as well, which I like. But if I had to choose one over the other, I'd choose theater. I fell in love with musical theater when I was a kid, and I ended up work. I ended up seeing Annie with my family on Broadway. With Sarah Jessica Parker was in it at the time, and I ended up working with Martin Charnin later, like many years later, when I started being in this in this business in this world. So it was super fun because you know Annie was my first show, and then I get to work with this guy who directed and wrote that show. So we became close friends and did a lot of work together. But the other shows that inspired me along the way where I had seen Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat when it came to New York. It was off-Broadway downtown at the Intermedia Theater before it moved to Broadway. So that show like blew me away. Evita, you know, it's like people sometimes make fun of Angelo Weber a little bit, but I think he's, I think he's super talented. And I think he's somebody who really appeals to the general public. I think um, his work is very approachable and especially those early works, you know, Jesus Christ Superstar, Evita, Joseph, you know, all those kinds of things. So I have a soft spot in my heart for his work, but I think it's like, I always describe it as sort of eating sushi, musical theater. I would say, you know, you have to start with a California roll maybe, because you're like, this is a lot. But then after you get used to that, then you can move on to the more hardcore stuff. So I always look at Angela Weber stuff a little bit like a like a nice California roll that appeals to people right off, uh, right off the bat. So anyway, so his shows really appealed to me. And then the show that was really life-changing for me was the original Sideshow that was on Broadway. I have my sideshow poster up here. That's the revival poster, but it was, and I was part of this show when it was on Broadway, but I was, I really fell in love with the show in the late nineties when it was on with Emily Skinner and Alice Ripley. And I got to know the, the writers really, really well. They became good friends of mine. And that show is the one that made me want to be a part of this because I wasn't, 
part of theater as my as my education or my growing up. I was just a good audience member. So it was super cool to be able to have that show make me want to do this. And then, you know, just one thing after another. So I started developing work and co-producing on Broadway and and all the things. So it's, you know, it's always been a part of my life. And in the beginning, I figured this was nice. I did this once and I'll never do it again. But literally like the next day, I started doing the next thing. So, and it's been like that now for over 20 years. So it's, it's been super cool. That's the theater bug. You can't, it, it won't leave you. Well, on that note, have you seen any great theater lately that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? Sure, sure. So I'm part of the revival of Sweeney Todd, starring Josh Groban and Natalie Ashford. So I'm super excited about that. So I've been seeing that a lot lately because <laughs> we just opened a week ago Sunday. So we had our opening. We got great reviews in the Times and everywhere else for the most part. Um, the ticket sales are great. So I, I think that anybody would have a wonderful time. The cast is uniformly over the top fantastic. And it's just an unforgettable night of theater or afternoon. It's just, it's really special. So there's a lot of hopefully good things coming ahead for that. I I'd highly recommend seeing that show. I'm part of Peter Pan that goes wrong, which just started previews. And when I, when that came up, I said, I have to be part of that because if I go to the theater and all I want to see is Peter Pan smash into a wall and knock it down. That was, the, I said, if, if I could see that, I'll be totally happy with this. So, so that's in previews right now. It's doing real well so far. Neil Patrick Harris just announced that he's going in for three weeks coming up, which I'm happy about. And then the show that I am so excited about that I've been part of for the last year almost is Titanic. That's down at the Dower Roth Theater. And if you're familiar with that, um, it's it's basically a parody of the movie Titanic with all the Celine Dion music. And Celine is a character in the show. And it is, it's one of the best times you'll have in New York. I, I highly recommend it. I've had friends come in from out of town and they're, you know, big theater nerdy people like me. And they'll, you know, see like 10 shows in a week and they'll leave and they'll say that they saw Titanic and that was their favorite of the 10. So I, I, I think it's a real crowd pleaser. It's hard to, it's hard not to have a good time at that show. And the music is just impeccably done. It's, you know, you would think you're going to a parody and you're going to get some really dumbed down version of music and all the things and it's not, it's so well done. So I highly recommend that show. It's going strong. And then I'm really excited because I'm doing a new show off Broadway that I've been developing for the last year and a half. And it's called The Gospel According to Heather. It's by Paul Gordon, who had Jane Eyre on Broadway. And he also wrote the musical Daddy Long Legs, as well as a number of other shows. He's from the pop music world and his, his music is sublime. It's absolutely gorgeous. And it's all about a young woman named Heather and she's a high school student and she finds out that she's the second coming, but all she really wants is a boyfriend. And the show is fun. It's funny. It's heartfelt. The music's awesome. It's a very diverse, young, energetic cast. And we're going to be doing that this summer from mid-June to mid to late July at stage 555 over on 42nd Street. So we're just literally going to announce that next couple days. We almost have our casting in place. So we're super happy about that. I want to ask you, what's your favorite part about working in the theater? My favorite part about working in the theater is working with people who are so passionate about what they do. And I think that people who work in the arts, you know, you always hear a lot of times where people have these jobs in an office or whatever, and they're like waiting for the weekend and they're miserable and they're counting down the hours and they want to be off work. And I think that working in the arts, like, like it, to me, it energizes me. It's hard work. It's a lot of work. There's a lot of, you know, things to deal with, 
but I get very energized by it because I think that everybody has this need to create things. And I think that artists are the best creators. And I always feel the creation makes me energized and doesn't, doesn't drain me. And I, I feel that way here. So I could work 24 hours straight on, on something and I I'll be tired, but I won't really be tired. I'll be like energized by that whole experience. So, so that's what I love. I love working with these really talented, amazing people who are, have the biggest hearts ever. It's, it's super cool. And then I love to be able to create something and produce it and have other people enjoy it. That's my, that's my other biggest satisfaction, I think. Yes. I love that. And that brings us to my favorite question. Yes. What is your favorite theater memory? My favorite theater memory. That's a really, okay. So here's my favorite theater memory. The first show that I did, the first show that I produced on my own was 20 years ago. It's in fact, it's right around the anniversary of it. And it's called Thrill Me the Leopold and Loeb Story. And we did it in the Midtown International Theater Festival in 2003. And that was the show that I met Martin Charnin through. He directed it for us. And he was amazing. It was a little 50 seat black box. It was part of the Abingdon Theater Company down on 36th Street. And I worked, you know, very hard on that. I had never produced a show before. I had been part of readings and things that I was a PA on and whatnot, but this was the first thing I did and it was small and, you know, it was in a festival and there were six performances and I'll never forget the first performance. There was a line of people down the block wanting a ticket, wanting to get a cancellation ticket because they wanted to see that show so badly. And they had a wonderful time and the whole rest of the run was sold out and extended. And just knowing that all that work put it got put into that and it was paid off so well, even though it was this little theater and this little show, it made me so happy. So that was, that's probably my favorite. So I always want to get that feeling again. I love that. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. Thank you for asking. I hadn't thought about that in a while. Are there any other projects or productions that you have in the pipeline we might be able to plug or any other shows you'd like us to plug for you? Well, that's really kind of you. I mean, I really would love people to check out the gospel according to Heather, because I think they'll have a really good time at it. And the music is just terrific. And this very energetic young cast. And it's all about, you know, it's about religion and politics and people having people having agency of what they believe rather than being told what to believe by by mouthpieces, whoever those mouthpieces might be. And we know there's a lot of them these days. So I don't care what anybody believes. I just want to make sure that you've thought about it before you start speaking without thinking. That's that's what the show's about to me. So I love that show. I'm working on Brokeback Mountain. It's going to be, it's a play with music. It's going to be in London this coming spring and summer. So that's over there. It stars Lucas Hedges and Mike Faist, which I think is just a fantastic cast. And that's such an interesting, amazing movie. So seeing it on the stage, I'm super looking forward to being part of that. And yeah, just like lots of other things coming up. I've got another film based on a play that I wrote that we're going to be filming later this year called The Red Light. It's an LGBT thriller, uh, another LGBT thriller. And yeah, just checking for the next thing, right? Let's, let's keep keep moving. I love all this. And I, I love how many irons you have in the fire. So with all of this going on, that leads me to my final question, which is if our listeners want more information, of course, about summoning the spirit, your upcoming yes. film or about you maybe they want to reach out to you how can they do that oh thank you so much for asking so i have a website it's kirstedproductions.com and 
basically, if they go there, they can see all I'm up to and they can contact me if they want to. And I'm always happy to speak with people or to put them on my mailing list because I send out a monthly mailing list of all the projects and all the things that are going on just so they're aware and just to keep in touch. Because, you know, over the years, I've met a lot of people and it's hard to keep in touch personally with every single person all the time so you know the, the newsletter is a really nice way of doing that and it's cool because when i send it out i'll usually get a bunch of responses just saying hey oh my gosh i was thinking of you i haven't seen you in a long time let's get together and it's it's a nice way to just kind of keep in touch and with people so so i'm happy to add anybody onto the mailing list i'm happy to you know discuss any projects with anybody if they're interested in being part of them it's you know just please don't be strangers love that well jim thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today and share this wonderful film and your wonderful other shows and memories with us all here at Stage Whisper. Thank you so much. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks for having me. It was so nice to spend some time with you. My guest today has been the producer, Jim Kirstead, whose latest film, Summoning the Spirit, is being released later in September on many streaming platforms, so stay tuned to find out where. And you can find out about all of Jim's many projects that he has not only done, but he has coming up by visiting his website, kirstedproductions.com. We're going to have all of this information in our episode description as well as on our social media. But make sure you join us later in September to tune into this great thriller, Summoning the Spirit. We'll all get together and have a nice horror movie night. Even if you're like me and you're not a big horror fan, we'll, we'll, we'll muster up the courage and we'll tune in. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.